Good Morning Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. music going on this morning I, I did i'm ready i've had my little energy boost this morning i'm ready to go all right there we go i'm bobby rossi filling in for andrew mckay here on pensacola morning news it is in the low 40s right now in the greater pensacola area going to be a high of about 58 60 so same as what it's been the past few days and uh should be a fairly nice crisp clean air day and it should be clear as well as well Chance of rain doesn't come until Sunday. Maybe clouds on Saturday, so it'll be uh, clear today and tomorrow as well. Uh, if you'd like to weigh on the show, give us a call or text 850-437-1620, 850-437-1620. So uh, the couple of bill, uh, a couple of things I want to go over here as it pertains to the um, uh, state of Florida. So, uh, Well, one of them right here is affordable housing. I saw this on WEAR yesterday. They had a um, a piece pertaining to having more affordable or attainable housing. I thought the article was interesting because it 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 was trying to it was trying to say one of the issues with trying to develop affordable housing here in the state of Florida in general or here in Pensacola is defining affordable housing is different for everyone. And I was like, you know, I'm glad to see people actually talking about that aspect of it. Cause I'm amazed at how many people that like online on Facebook or whatever, you're sitting there talking about, Oh, we need more affordable housing or whatever. Right. But then all of a sudden somebody will throw out there and go, we need more affordable housing. Where are all the homes priced in the $300,000 range? And I'm like, Wait, what? That's not affordable housing to me. <laughs> I'm like three hundred thousand. That's you consider that affordable housing? Like, go back to California, yo. Like it? What? But so, so when you see something like that, then it go. Okay, we need to define affordable housing because the way I look at it is when you talk to most like financial planners. You know, financial professionals, how much of my monthly income should be devoted to to my rent or therefore mortgage, right? Uh, and so if you say how much um, of, of my income should go towards rent or mortgage, most people say like no more, well, it used to be like 20%. 
That's gone up, by the way, now. Now they're like, eh, you could do 30%. Uh, so up to 30%. But I remember when it used to be like 20 25%. Now it's up to 30%. So you can have 30% of your household income go towards rent or mortgage. All right? So if I, if I take that as the basis and then I go, all right, um, what is the median household income in the Pensacola area? Actually, I don't know that. Jake, can you look that up and see if it's a quick thing? Um, but I know nationwide, it's always been right around 50000 50000 a year. Uh, we're sitting at 31000 Okay, yeah. And I was going to say, I think nationwide it's around 50000 but Pensacola is lower than the nation's national average for household income. Oh. Wait a minute. Okay, hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. So I don't know, you know, of course, the internet's. Um, another thing here says in 2021, Pensacola, Florida had a population of 53.8 thousand people with a median age of 38.4 and a medium household income, median household income of 59,119. All right. Well, so maybe that's it jumped different. up a lot, but so from 2020 to 2021, it jumped that much. Yeah. And according to the that, internet, it could have, it could have been true to be honest, based, could have been. based on the, the COVID growth of all the people that moved down here. Um, over over a year, but if we just do fifty thousand, just say fifty thousand, because that that's been it's right around there. Fifty thousand a year for your household income, and that that's about forty two hundred dollars a month. And so, if you take a third of that, that means you oh, you should only allot twelve hundred and fifty bucks a month to your rent or your that's a, mortgage. That's, that's a great price for rent. <laughs> that's I would take that. Is that that's not a $300,000 house. No. So that's the way I've always looked at it. When you're talking about affordable, and then then I go, okay, but that's the median. That's the middle. That's the middle. Affordable housing should be for those who are struggling to make the median household income. So if the median household income is 50000 then we need housing for those who only make 30000 a year. That's the way I look at affordable housing. And so when somebody goes, we need more affordable housing, we got to build a lot more condos and, and townhomes and houses in the $300,000 range or maybe $250,000 range. I'm like, uh, that's not affordable. Yeah. Median house, somebody who has median household income of $50,000 a year can't afford that. How is somebody who doesn't make the me- the middle of the road income going to be able to afford it? So what I was looking at, yes, yeah, so now that I understand this graph and how it works, mm-hmm. the the individual median income is oh, around thirty one thousand, yeah. yeah. and then the household uh, right now is sitting at fifty nine thousand for. Okay, so, yeah, that's probably did yeah, go up. Uh, Twelve hundred dollars a month for, yeah, that would be great for a three hundred thousand dollars house. So let's see, sixty thousand dollars. Let's change my numbers then. Sixty thousand divided by twelve times point three. 1500 so no. there so it's gone up a little bit but once again that's for the median that's not we're, affordable housing is it meant to be for the median household income type of situation or is it meant to be for those who don't even meet that um and so that that's what i, I talk about and i and i'm just like you're always sitting there going we need affordable housing and then i hear these builders or whatever coming out and going we're trying to build three hundred thousand dollar homes i'm like three hundred thousand dollar home because you know, somebody who's making the median household income doesn't have a thirty percent down payment in order to keep that payment, you know, in order to keep the low the payment lower. So 
they're going to be doing an FHA loan with 3% down or something like that. If that, and they might even be getting the 3% gifted to them. So it's like, uh, anyway, it's it, it, like, that's why I complain about real estate prices nationwide. Like there's not a place in America anymore where you, where you can go buy an, a decent home for under $200,000. There isn't. I mean, I've even looked in places like Iowa, Kansas, even in places like that. Real estate prices now are close to three hundred thousand, two hundred something thousand, and and in there in places like that, the median household income is even lower. So it's like, oh my goodness. So I I like the idea of this conversation about affordable housing, but there's got to be some realism about okay, is it even possible now to have affordable housing? Is it even possible to have houses that are priced under two hundred thousand dollars? Yes, there is tiny homes. Yeah, we can do tiny homes. Or we're going to have to do um, a, a smarter building program where you build up instead of out. You know, instead of doing the urban sprawl thing like L.A., we're going to have to do the build up thing like New York City. And I know that drives a lot of people crazy. But when we're talking about truly trying to build affordable housing, that's that's got to be an option on the table. And, um, and then, but instead what we see is if there is something that is building up, it's hardly ever for sale. It's always for rent, you know? So it's like, okay, you're building affordable housing, but nobody's able to actually like buy it. They're just going to have to rent. And then they're, when it's rented, then they're up to the whims of the landlords, uh, thing. We saw that happen a lot last few years. I know, I, I probably know half a dozen people who got kicked out of their house that they were renting because the landlord finally was like, I could be making so much more rent than I'm making with you. And for me to slowly, gradually, like, increase your rent will take too long. I'd rather just kick you out and I'll just... And that's what they... I've known half a dozen people in town that's happened to. It's crazy. All right, it is Pensacola Morning News with... Uh, uh, well, Bobby Rossi filling in for Andrew. Andrew's out this week. Yeah, uh, it, that's exactly uh, what I was saying. I don't even know if you can build a house for under 300 200 You can't build it for under 200 anymore, I don't think. And I was saying because of the material cost, and that's what one here is, says uh, material, material costs for stick homes are high, right? Yeah, material costs are still high. I mean, wood prices have gone down compared to where they were. Cause remember, we had like, like the bad inflation thing a year and a half ago. They've gone down from there, but they're still high. Uh, how much are those 3D printed homes? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Oh, yeah, another option I was thinking for affordable housing are those prefab homes. I'm not talking about trailers. I'm talking about prefabricated homes where they fabricate them in, in a thing. Then they, like, take them apart, and then they ship them out to your lot, and then you piece them back together. There's there's a bunch of options out there for materials. I used to build SIP homes using SIP panels and stuff. There's options to try to keep things more affordable, but geez, Louise. Uh, it just it just drives me crazy when I'm seeing these builders go, yeah, we need more affordable homes, something around $300,000, 350 range. Like, that's not affordable for most. That's not affordable for the median household income, much less for those that don't even meet the household income. Anyway, uh, Disney's lawsuit being thrown out from uh, against Governor DeSantis. So, of course, they sue Governor DeSantis saying that he he retaliated uh, against them 
for their viewpoints on the parental rights in action law or education law. Um, and the judge ruled that Disney lacked legal standing to sue the governor and the company's claims failed on merit. And so they're still going to try to press forward with the case, though. They're going to appeal that, apparently. And then uh, Margot Robbie. Where's this story? I had this somewhere. Where did I, where did I put it? Where did I put it? All right, so Margot Robbie, you know she's the uh, she was she's the actress. She was in Barbie. So interesting story there. Apparently, she was just going to be a producer, and the director Greta Gerwig convinced her to play the role of Barbie. She didn't want to do it. She actually didn't want to do it. I was like, "How do you that, not want to do it? You look like Barbie." That's astounding. Like she, yeah, she was born to play that part. Just, <laughs> exactly. just like Polly Shore was born to play Richard Simmons. It, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, um, a lot of people are upset about her about Margot Robbie getting snubbed for the Oscars for Best Actress. And um, and I gotta say this. I have. I mean, have you seen the Barbie movie? I, mean, I have like not, have. but my wife went to the theater and saw it, and she said it was amazing. So I have a 12-year-old, well, now 13-year-old daughter, so of course I had to go see it, right? I mean, so uh, so I take her to see the theater, and I'm just like, oh, you know, here it goes. You know, I can sit through this, you know, <laughs> and everything, and you do your dad duties, right? Sometimes you just got to sit through stuff. And I was, I got out of the movie, and I was like, that was way better than I thought it was going to be. Like, we saw opening week, and so it was before the hype and all the hubbub came out about it. So just still didn't really know much about it. It was just like, it's just, it just Barbie with Ryan Gosling and Will Ferrell. Like, okay, we'll, we'll see it. And um, we got out of that movie, and I was just like, that was way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, my son, who's older, 1920, he went and saw it. He actually walked out in the of the movie and I was like really why he felt like it, the movie had a little bit of a misandrist uh, viewpoint to it what's misandry you don't know what misandry is I have no idea what that yeah. is most people haven't it's because they're all more concerned with misogynistic uh, themes than oh. misandrist themes reverse misogyny yeah so misandry is when you hate men and mm. and and belittle men, and he felt like the themes of this was men are toxic, men are bad, men are this. I was like, son, we are. <laughs> it's Pesicle. Own it. <laughs> Own it, man. <laughs> Pesicle Morning News with uh, Bobby Rossi filling up for Andrew right here on News Radio 92.3. Coming up here next, Tesla has uh, an announcement where they're going to have their their uh, manufacturing plant, or, or their, their headquarters, actually, sorry, for Tesla. They're going to... Make some moves. We'll talk about that. Plus, we get an update from David Wayne over the newsroom on News Radio 92.3. Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort, your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed. Limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. All right, so I have a game I want you to play. It's a fun game. It's not the best game, but it's an okay game. When you're driving around today, I want you to pay attention to bumper stickers and license plate frames. So if you're at a light, I want you to look and see, does that car have a Frontier Motors license plate frame or bumper sticker? 
Because here's what you're going to find. The first day you do this, you might see one. You might see none, but you probably see like one, maybe two. Second day, you see three or four. And by the time you've done it three or four days in a row, it'll feel like, oh my God, did anybody buy a car from anywhere else? They'll be all over. And once you've kind of trained your eye to see it, you won't be able to unsee it, which, you know, maybe that's blessing, curse. I'm not really sure. But the point is, loads and loads and loads of people have gone to Frontier and been happily satisfied customers. Those are endorsements, just like you hear me and Dave Ramsey, just like your neighbor, your friend, or all of the people driving on the road near you. So if you need a good quality, almost new car, the kind that you can count on and don't have to worry about, Frontier Motors, serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years, right behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. The cooler weather in Pensacola is a great time of the year for gardening. Whether it's planting roses, planting shrubs and trees and cool weather color, and of course, planning for spring. This is Mike Wiggins. If you've got gardening questions, we've got answers on the News Radio Garden Line every Tuesday morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. And if you miss us on Tuesdays, then catch the Encore Edition every Saturday morning at 9. Sponsored by Pensacola Hardware, Blue Sky Landscaping at Barnes Feed Store. <clears throat> oh, this cold. Honey? <laughs> honey? Honey, you need DayQuil Severe Honey. DayQuil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a honey-licious taste. Because life doesn't stop for a cold. Okay, I'm ready to go. <clears throat> now I'm getting a cold. Honey? Try DayQuil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu relief. DayQuil Severe with honey flavor. The daytime coughing, aching, stuffy head, fever, honey-licious, power through your day, medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Pensacola right now with Joe and Austin. It's like headline news for radio. Every day, 4 to 7 on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Filming for Andrew McKay right here on Pensacola Morning News on News Radio 92.3. Low 40s in the Pensacola area. Going to be a high of uh, close to 60 degrees today. Let's go over to David Wayne in the newsroom for a news update. David? A trail of human footprints discovered on a Moroccan beach has been determined to be about 90,000 years old. That trail was discovered back in 2022 by researchers studying nearby rocks. An analysis of the prints revealed they were left by early modern humans of different ages. Uh, the prints were, uh, scientists are saying, likely well-preserved because the tides in the area had quickly buried them in sediment. A $78 billion tax package, including an expanded child tax credit, has passed the House. That now heads to the Senate, although its path there isn't quite clear. And uh, it's starting to spread from Netflix, Bobby. Hulu now. Going to start banning password sharing. Uh-oh. The streaming service notified their customers yesterday they'll be banning people from sharing accounts outside of their households starting in March. Of course, Netflix did the same thing, and uh, there was a lot of uh, anger about that initially, oh, yeah. but they have actually seen subscriber growth since. So. Well, that's well, that's why they do it, because they, they, they've had this happen before, where they, they cracked down on the password sharing, and, and sure enough, what happened it happens as they get increased because people are like, dadgummit, I want to finish my show. I want to, you know, I want to see this movie. And so they end up going ahead and shelling out the dough. I have a friend of mine who I just found out recently. He literally has every one of the subscriptions. 
Paramount Plus, Apple TV Plus, Hulu, Netflix, uh, Peacock. He's got them all. He doesn't pay for one of them. They're all, it's all password sharing for nice. him. I'm like, what? You got, I was like, and you haven't gotten blo- like locked out? He's like, not yet. He's like, I've got, he goes, I had one of them that got me locked out on Netflix. I call up another friend. He's like, can I use your password? I'm like, yeah, sure. And and he goes, so I'm using theirs now, and I haven't gotten locked out yet. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, and if I get locked out of Apple TV Plus, then I'll just call another friend. And I was like, holy moly. Eventually, you'd run out of friends, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, right? Yeah. Uh, Elon Musk says the people have spoken. He's going to move uh, Tesla to be incorporated in Tejas, Texas. Yeah, getting more and more of these places like Delaware, which is, which is where Tesla's actually located. I'm sure you, you probably would think it would California. It's Delaware, actually. Uh, leaving that area. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. The House passes a bipartisan tax bill, 357 to 70, expanding the child tax credit and restoring some business tax cuts. Congressman Jason Smith chairs the House Ways and Means Committee. This is a win for millions of small businesses, a win for millions of working families. There was pushback from some conservative Republicans, including Texas Congressman Chip Roy. 91.5% of the relief in this bill are cash welfare payments to families that pay no federal income taxes. The bill now heads to the Senate. Fox's Jack Callahan. Three people are killed, nine injured, five critically in the collapse of an airport hangar under construction in Boise, Idaho. This structure collapsed and it did impact the crane. And so the crane is collapsed as well. Fire Chief Aaron Hummel says it's unknown yet what caused the collapse. The middle came down, leaving the metal structure bent in in the shape of an M. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531 at News Radio 923. I'm David Wayne. It is 42 degrees, partly cloudy skies this morning in Pensacola. Disney's lawsuit against Governor Ron DeSantis has been tossed by a federal judge. The media giant had sued DeSantis and the Secretary of Florida's Commerce Department, alleging retaliation for the company publicly speaking out against the state's parental rights and education law. The judge ruled Disney lacked legal standing to sue the governor and the company's claims failed on merit. Disney says they plan to press forward with that case. Last week, Alabama tried out a new method for death row executions, nitrogen hypoxia. Well, now there's another state looking at using the method. Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost is working with state lawmakers on a measure to approve using nitrogen gas for their criminal executions. Or neither taking responsibility for the judgment, nor taking responsibility for, if it proves that way, our preference to avoid the unpleasant nature of this debate. Yost says that Ohio just can't stick with the status quo when it comes to capital punishment. Ohio has nearly 120 inmates on death row, but they haven't had any executions in the state since 2018. Wanting to continue addressing the affordable housing crisis, the city of Pensacola is considering a plan that they're hoping would incentivize builders to build in low-income areas. The plan says a commercial builder could receive a bonus if part of that property is designated for low-income families. In a normal market, you're always going to have entrepreneurs that find ways to, to make a few dollars. And in this program, they'll make fewer dollars, but it'd be the right thing to do. Senator Doug Broxson, he talked with Channel 3 and says the plan could mean less money in the pockets of contractors, although 
he says uh, that that would admittedly be a big ask. Florida lawmakers are advancing a bill that would allow state residents to kill bears on their property. The Self-Defense Act cleared the House Infrastructure Strategies Committee on Tuesday. It would allow the use of lethal force against a bear with no permit if people feel it's necessary to protect themselves, their pets, or their property. A similar bill now working its way through the Florida Senate. A Pasco County school bus driver's off the job. There were complaints that he intentionally brake-checked to teach kids a lesson about bad behavior. Uh, For more details, it's Chris Trinkman. Parents told officials the driver turned the bus into a yellow school of hard knocks, with some kids getting slammed into the back of seats or even into the emergency exit equipment. Injuries included bumps and bruises. The Pasco School District says it couldn't find any evidence of the complaints on surveillance video, but the driver has resigned. Chris Trankman, Tampa. Thank you very much, Chris. And it is 534 News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather forecast. This is meteorologist Burke Richardson with your first morning weather update. Waking up a bit cooler this morning. Temperatures in the 30s, low 40s. We'll have partly cloudy skies as you go through the morning and afternoon. Temperatures today rising near the upper 50s, low 60s. Overnight tonight, temperatures much warmer, 46 degrees. For Friday, partly cloudy skies, high near 64. Friday night, temperatures are going to be dropping near 50 degrees and beautiful as you go into Saturday morning with a chance of rain Saturday night. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Burke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thank you, Brooke. And 42 in Pensacola, 41 in Gulf Breeze, and 36 in Milton. Our next news at 6 and breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. News Radio Pensacola has you covered no matter where you are or how you like to listen. Tune into our frequencies on 92.3 FM, 95.3 FM, and AM 1620 for the latest breaking news, local updates, and in-depth analysis. Can't be near a radio? No problem. Stream us live on our website or through our convenient app. Available for download on your mobile device. Plus, with our smart device integration, you can ask your virtual assistant to play News Radio 92.3 and we'll be right there with you. It's News Radio Pensacola. Join Keith and Pam, your insurance experts with Ferris Health Partners, Monday at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Learn how to save money on your health care costs. Find the right insurance products that best fits the needs for you and your family as you head towards retirement or are looking for options now. They will be taking your calls and questions Monday at 9 with Ferris Health Partners on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. The Pensacola Restore has your home goods and home repair needs at unbeatable prices. With discounted appliances, living and dining room furniture, mattresses, home improvement supplies, paint, flooring, plumbing, and more. They have everything you need to improve your home. 9th Avenue and Creighton Road in Pensacola. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 till 6. Every dollar spent helps to support Pensacola Habitat for Humanity's mission of providing affordable housing opportunities to Escambia and Santa Rosa counties. Serving overseas was just the beginning. We might be home from war, but our mission continues in communities all across the country. It's why we're out there in times of peace and crisis, providing meals to the hungry and supplies to the sick. It's why we're giving strength to those who are too weak and bringing resources to those without them. Service doesn't stop when we're done serving. It's what makes us the VFW. Learn more at VFW.org. 
Local experts share their expertise on the Pensacola Expert Panel. It's Pep Talk on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. I'm not your friend. Filling in for Andrew McKay right here on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. You can share your thoughts or opinions by texting 850-437-1620. I've got a uh, update for you as it pertains to the um, uh, as it pertains to uh, uh, something. Florida legislative update. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of. Legislative, I can think of the word. Florida legislative update uh, here in just a little bit. Uh, but first, I, a couple stories I, I meant to get to, didn't get time to get to um, just a bit ago. So one of them is that the um, California has just passed a reparations bill. So they've been discussing it forever. They've gone ahead and gone ahead and moved forward with that. So, um, this is, uh, well, they've introduced it. They've officially introduced it into to their, le- their legislative session. So it would actually restore property taken by race based cases of eminent domain and, uh, have state funding for specific groups and, other states like Colorado, New York, Massachusetts all have commissioned reparation studies or tasks for, task forces, but this is the first state, California, the first one to actually introduce legislation. And so in looking at that, I'm like, so how many uh, how many slaves were in California? Didn't realize that California was a slave state. I didn't realize that there was uh, so many um, people who had their land taken from them and they were forced into slavery in the state of California. Seems a little bit strange to me. Uh, there's uh, the, the county that's furthest north in the United States. The furthest north county is actually Woods County, Minnesota. I what you're thinking. You're like, uh, how's Minnesota the furthest north county? That's because Alaska does not have counties. There's no counties in Alaska. Hmm. So the actual furthest north county is in Woods County, Minnesota. There's, um, all right, so I do have, I want to get into our Florida legislative update. Act, interestingly enough, we started off the show talking about affordable housing. There's a couple of bills pertaining to affordable housing essentially one of them is tiny homes there was a bill that has advanced that uh it it advanced unanimously in the house committees 
that would allow movable tiny homes. So there's already some statutes in place that you can have a tiny home. A tiny home is something like 600 square feet or smaller, but it has to be like it has to be in a on a firm foundation. And but a lot of these tiny homes are actually built on trailers. You know, so some of them are, you know, that's their start. They were started off as a basically like a cargo trailer, trailer type of a thing. Um, and, and so I know some people are like, well, then what's the difference between a tiny home and a mobile home? Well, it, it would be manufacturing. It'd be the manufacturing process, the, the, the construction difference, how it was built. That's really what it comes down to is the difference. Um, plus, yeah, it's like 500 square feet or 400 square feet or something like that. So, and, and that is what they've, they've done is they see here, a movable tiny home is smaller than what most residents are accustomed to. The total area of a home, a unit may not exceed 400 square feet, uh, when constructed to a standard specified in one other deal and then no more than 500 square feet. So what's the difference between a tiny home and a mobile home? 500 square feet, <laughs> uh, maybe a thousand square feet. Actually, actually, I know some mobile homes, especially in a double wide, uh, you can get double wide, 2000 square feet. I mean, they could be huge now, but, uh, yeah, so that's moving forward in the state legislature where, uh, the, uh, movable tiny homes will get approved. There's a bill that's been introduced and yes, it did pass the ways and means committee, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to get passed on the floor eventually when it hits the floor if it does hit the floor it would get rid of property tax here in the state of florida no property tax i know what you're thinking like wait a minute so we don't have state income tax so that's how we fund a lot of things particularly our schools is through property tax so if we get rid of property tax how are we going to fund our schools how are we going to fund some of these other things the proposal by representative ryan chamberlain would go ahead and get rid of property tax and replace it with a consumption tax. So, look, I know whenever you say consumption tax, this starts to freak people out too. This is, um, I think there's only one state. I'm trying to remember. I, there's either no states or one state that has no property tax. I'm pretty sure every state has property tax. I looked at this up years ago, but... You know, things change all the time. Um, But every state in America has property tax. In other words, you cannot own your property free and clear. You cannot own it outright and not have some sort of payment. There's always going to be some sort of payment, which to me is egregious. It is. When I was in Texas, where property taxes are, are truly outrageous, like they're as high as Illinois and California and New York and places like that. When I was in Texas... I was a real estate agent. I had I had retired clients that I would they they brought me in to sell their home. Beautiful home, it's nice, you know. Uh, they've owned it for decades. They raised their kids there. They've been retired there. Why would, why would you be selling now? You know, we just can't afford the property tax. House is paid off, but the property tax is too high for our fixed income. We've we've got to sell. That was always the saddest thing for me to have to hear is that they're having to leave the house that they raise their kids in. It's paid off and they can't afford the property tax. And 
Uh, so, so I get it. But when you tell people, yeah, we'll replace it with a consumption tax, that's when people start to freak out. That's when people are like, uh, no. So the, so, but, but, but I look at the consumption tax and I've always been an advocate for it on the federal level. There's a, you know, big group out there that's trying to promote the fair tax, F-A-I-R, the fair tax, which is a consumption tax. Uh, the And I like the fair tax idea because fair tax has all kinds of exceptions for um, food and for uh, it, you don't pay a consumption tax on buying used clothing or used goods. So you're buying a used or, or pre, a pre-owned couch or something like that. No, no tax. Uh, and so it has some ways uh, that I think it, it benefits lower income people. Um, but doing it on a state level where you're going 100% to a consumption tax, that starts to freak people out. We're already at, what, 8.25% tax rate for when you go buy stuff right now. If you're going to raise the consumption tax in order to cover property taxes, like get rid of property taxes, it could be 13%, 12%, something like that. So I, I understand the... Uh, fear uh, when it comes to that part of it. Yesterday, we talked about the dangerous dog owners bill. Uh, little, another little couple updates on that for you. And you're listening to Pensacola Morning News with Bobby Rossi filling in for Andrew McKay. So if they get this dangerous dog registry, by the way, it's not a dangerous breed registry. It's dangerous dog registry. If they get a dangerous dog registry, then uh, so, so in other words, some dogs are known to be aggressive. They have already bitten somebody or they've, you know, they've done something that shows aggression. If your dog gets put on that list, you would be forced to pay up to $200 in some sort of insurance fees. Oh, there's that aspect too. Mm. So let's see how that, that goes. Now, as it turns out, um, a, a, uh, so, so this bill, so apparently why this bill came out is there was a, a mailman attack down in, in, was it, was it Pinellas County or was it Pasco? Oh, Putnam County, Putnam County. It was a, so it was a, a dangerous dog that attacked a mailman and got pretty bad. Uh, Pam Rock, she was killed. It was a pack of dogs. And so, um, they... So, so it was a gruesome attack. So that's why they come out this bill. Like people in that community knew that these dogs were dangerous, and if you held it, put you know, like put it on a some sort of list or whatever, then people would notice a stay away from that area, and b then the dangerous dog owner would have to pay two hundred dollars a month in insurance per dog, which might mean that owner is going to get rid of them. Because what did we talk about yesterday when I when I first heard about this i thought it was a dangerous breed list and i was like mm, I, don't, I don't agree with that because i'm definitely one of those that firmly believes that there's not such thing as a dangerous breed there's such thing as a dangerous breed owner dangerous dog owner i mean i have lots and lots of friends who have pit bulls and they're the most lovable dogs ever and uh, very obedient and, and and the whole works yet pit bulls have this horrible reputation right I have a friend of mine who has a wolf dog. It's half wolf. Wolf dog. Thing's humongous. It's half wolf. 
freaking wild. It's as tame as tame can be because he knows how to train it and and trained it as a pup and uh, the whole works. And so he doesn't worry about in the middle of the night he's going to wake up with his dog's jaws around his neck because it's the dog owner, right? Um, so I was glad to see this because th- what this bill's really doing is it's putting the onus on those owners going, and look, if you've got dogs that are aggressive and things like this, this is on you. Uh, there's another bill. That is going through the state legislature. Ah, I just closed it on accident. Let me pull it back up. Stalking victims may gain further protections from tracking devices like the Apple AirTag. So this is so this proposed legislation is trying to crack down on the misuse of like Apple AirTags and other wireless tracking devices without your consent. So they say stalking remains a serious issue with domestic survivor, uh, violent survivors. Um, and so they're trying to figure out ways to put in more protection. So there will be stronger legal protection for victims by making the unauthorized placement of tracking devices a felony, punishable by up to five years in prison. Now, there's air tags, there's tiles, there's, there's other ones out there. But the thing is, is uh, I shared this a couple of years ago. Maybe it was about a year ago. I I picked up a vehicle for a car dealer at an, in Atlanta, a car dealer friend of mine. And I was like, yeah, I'll transport it for you. Picked up in Atlanta. I was out of town for maybe an hour and a half. And all of a sudden, my phone, my iPhone tells me, you have a tracking device near you. And then it even said... Don't worry, maybe you borrowed somebody's purse or maybe you borrowed somebody's thing. It, uh, and, but then it says like says something like, do you want to disable the device or do you want to find the device? I was like, I want to find this sucker. <laughs> and so I pulled over at a gas station and I click, I want to find it. And, uh, and, it, and I could hear the sound. Uh, I couldn't hear a sound. I didn't hear anything inside it because I thought maybe it's in a glove box. Maybe it fell underneath the seat. No, there's. I couldn't hear any sound. I open up my car door and I can hear a sound. It's like the Apple Find Your iPhone sound. There's this pinging that's going on. I can I can just faintly hear it. So I start looking all around the vehicle. Where in the world is this? And I finally discovered it. I went to the rear of the vehicle underneath it. Way, like, way underneath, there was some black duct tape underneath the the vehicle. And sure enough, when I opened up the black duct tape, there was the Apple AirTag right there. Somebody was tracking the vehicle. But see, Apple and Google both agreed to update their software. So if an AirTag or a tile or something is near you, it'll let you know. So now you can know if somebody's doing that, which means if somebody's trying to stalk somebody, they will know that you stalked them because the AirTag also is registered, uh, and Apple's agreed and uh, Apple's agreed to allow the AirTag if it's unauthorized tracking. They've authorized the police department to go ahead and get the serial number and stuff and find out who who bought it. So uh, so there's already a lot of protections in place. So now basically. You're not going to get away with it. If you're trying to stalk somebody using one of those and they find it, then they're going to know it's you and you're going to go, could get up to five years in, in prison. It's Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. I'm Bobby Rossi filling in for Andrew right here on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. 
Tune in to the Pensacola Expert Panel tomorrow at 9 when Dr. John Stevenson, the Vice President of Student Affairs at Pensacola State College, will be on the show discussing the introduction of the homecoming court and the crowning of the king and queen. The crowning will take place during halftime at the Pensacola State College versus Northwest Florida State College game on Wednesday, February 14th. Tune in Friday at 9 to hear more. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Mom, can I have some ice cream? I've got a better idea. Who wants to help me make something fun and healthy instead? Me! me. Eating smarter is easy and delicious. Interested in receiving healthy recipes and a whole lot more in your email? Then register at healthiestweightfl.com and learn more about all the small steps that you can take on the way to living healthy. This message is sponsored by the Ounce of Prevention Fund of Florida, the Florida Department of Health, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. The City of Pensacola Parks and Recreation offers many ways to help you get out and play. Take a stroll in one of their 93 parks, rent a kayak or a paddle boat at the brand new Bayview Outdoor Pursuit Center, or participate in one of the many exciting programs happening at Play Pensacola's 11 resource centers. Tennis courts, pools, dance, camps, community events, and more. The only thing missing is you. For more, visit PlayPensacola.com or follow social media at PlayPCola Parks. It's time to get out and play. Pensacola Little Theater presents The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, February 2nd through the 18th. See the story that's visually told through the mind of 15-year-old Christopher John Francis Boone, a mathematical genius with an unspecified autism spectrum disorder. The show is a mystery surrounding the death of Wellington, his neighbor's dog. Get your tickets now for The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime at the Pensacola Little Theater box office or at PensacolaLittleTheater.com. Get news at the top and bottom of every hour with WEAR-TV, our local news team, and Fox News on News Radio Pensacola. Pensacola, low 40s here in the Pensacola area. Going to be a high of close to 60 degrees today. If you'd like to weigh in, give us a call or text 850-437-1620, uh, Got another bill to uh, bring up uh, for you here in just a minute. It's actually not a Florida bill, but I thought it was interesting, so I kind of want to talk about that. First, let's go over to David Wayne in the newsroom. David? A U.S. senator from Arkansas facing some criticism after yesterday's Senate hearing with the heads of social media organizations. During questioning, Senator Cotton from Arkansas asked the CEO of TikTok if he has ties to the Chinese Communist Party. Have you ever been a member of the Chinese Communist Party? Senator, I'm Singaporean. No. Have you ever been associated or affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party? No, Senator. Again, I'm Singaporean. And uh, that's CEO Xiao uh, Zai Chu. He was uh, one of the five social media leaders who testified yesterday, and uh, the senator defended his question later on on Fox News. A man behind bars after apparently running onto a runway at the Los Angeles International Airport. That happened last night. People saw somebody running onto the tarmac, and uh, that man's been arrested. And it looks like in Miami Beach, 
they were going to be putting some extra restrictions on spring break this year. The uh, Miami Beach City yeah. Commissioner has voted uh, voted for spring break to impose a midnight curfew, limit beach entry, and add security checkpoints. Of course, they had uh, a lot of issues last year, if I remember right. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, so I saw that. That was uh, probably a good thing right there. Uh, to be trying to come out with some. In fact, I'll talk about that more at the beginning of uh, next hour, right after our news update. Uh, I kind of want to delve into that story just a little bit more. So, uh, thank you very much. It is Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. I'm Bobby Rossi filling in for Andrew. We're talking about the Apple AirTag. State of Florida has legislation where if if somebody is unlawfully tracking you with an AirTag or a tile or some other kind of wireless tracking device, uh, and they're doing it, you know, obviously it's trying to stalk you then um, it could be a felony now up to five years if this bill passes. Got a text here. Bobby, doesn't that AirTag only work on Apple? If so, you need to just date a non-Apple phone order. Uh, order. No, actually, it works on anything. So well, I get what you're saying, yeah. Um, so, But yes, the person who is trying to track has to have an iPhone in order for the AirTag to work. But you can track... Anybody, you, you know what I mean? They doesn't matter what phone they have. It's not tracking their phone. It's tracking the, it's wherever the air tag is. But yeah, you're right. Uh, then just make sure you're. But you know they could go buy a used iPhone for a hundred bucks on eBay or something like that just to use the tracker. So that wouldn't work. Bobby, you're assuming that all survivors of domestic violence have a smartphone that also has updated software that alerts them of these tracking devices. Oh, I was doing that. Yeah, good point. Oh, yeah. Dare you. Yeah. Very good point. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, thank you. All right. It is uh, Pensacola Morning News. Uh, oh, shoot. I wanted to get into this other story. I ran out of time for it. We'll talk about it later then. Stick around.